All right, welcome back to the channel today, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got some very worrying data that I've just uncovered in the last day or so. And I'm very surprised, although I'm not surprised at the same time, that this isn't all over the media. Because what we've got at the moment is business bankruptcies up over 200 percent right now. It is absolutely staggering. This is one of the highest years going back to 1990 in terms of the business bankruptcies as, as we're measuring it here. So in 2022, there were over half a million business failures. This is in the USA. In 2021, there were over 400,000 business failures. That was as a result of coming out of those lockdown periods. But this year, in 2023, it's expected to be over 600,000 business failures. So this is the absolute minimum. And we've had a lot of articles out as well, which we'll come on to very shortly about these business failures as well. But I wanted to just touch upon today the implications of this, why we're having so many business failures. How does this affect you? How does this affect the economy? What about stock market portfolios and all other things? So that's what I'm going to dive into today. So let's go back then. Let's take a step back to 2020. We all know what happened in 2020. We know what was the result. It was these very strict and severe lockdowns. Whether you wanted to or not, you had no choice. It was a lockdown enforced by the government and the police. So what happened to all of those businesses that had their fixed overheads? Well, a lot of those businesses just weren't able to continue. Aha, but I hear you say, Neil, the government gave grants and loans and all these other things though, didn't they? Well, yes and no, the government did give out what's known as bounce back loans in, say, the UK and some other European countries. The USA gave some sort of loans as well. But the key thing, if you look at a lot of countries, was that these loans had to be paid back in the future. And you look at now where we went on to have supply chain disruptions, we had energy pricing skyrocketing, we had labor costs going up, all the raw material costs, as well as lots of other things. The cost for these businesses went up dramatically. Now what do we have on top of this? We have these higher rates of interest. So any company that took out loans, whether it was government or privately, let's say it was a private loan, well, now they need to either pay that off, how can they when they've been unprofitable for a period of time, or they have to refinance that loan again. Well, they were refinancing here, they're now refinancing here. So this is another reason that we're seeing so many businesses collapsing at the moment. And of course, the media isn't really covering this. It's not telling you the true extent. If you didn't know any better, from press conferences and things like that, you would think that the economy is absolutely booming. It's so strong, everyone's got a job. Of course, they don't talk about the real unemployment numbers here. They use the uh, different U rate, if you know what the, the U rate is. They use the manipulated U rate. And then when we get on to GDP, I've got the stats here from the US government. It says that US GDP grew by 6.4% in the first quarter of 2023, following 4.3% growth in 2020. And, you know, there's other years as well that are also very positive. Now, what they are not saying here is that this GDP growth, remember, 
GDP in the US is about 60% consumer driven. So what they're not talking about is how they created all this new currency, gave it to the people when the people were unproductive because they weren't allowed to work. And then what happens? We have high levels of inflation. So they are praising this and Biden's claiming, you know, huge victories over this GDP and, and things like that. But actually, this isn't a rise in GDP. If you had to measure it accurately, you'd probably see negative levels of GDP, meaning that the US has been in recession for at least a year, but they don't want to tell you that. Now, the other thing is about the core CPI and inflation and everything else. And again, they're claiming this big victory over inflation in the US. But remember my theory on this, which so far looks to be playing out quite well, that's probably not a good term to use, is it's a bad theory, it's not anything to be happy about. And that is the two or three peaks of inflation. So my theory, well, it theorizes that we're going to see this second and this third peak later on of inflation. I'm not sure about the third peak, but I'm fairly confident on this second peak. In fact, I think that right through the next few years, especially in the US and Western countries, Europe, UK, we are going to see elevated levels of inflation. They keep putting out all this propaganda that we're going to get back to 2% and you know all this other stuff, but it's just not true. You've got to bear in mind the toolkit that they have, these central planners, and you've got a choice. You either have high inflation or you, you know, really heavily tighten, but then you have a collapsing economy. And just coming back to the, the business loans that we were talking about, we have some data from Moody's here, and it says that total debt of non-financial US companies reached a record high of $11.2 trillion, and that was at the end of 2020. Now, a lot of this is, is grown even more than that now, but of that, and the reason I'm giving you the 2020 figure, $2.2 trillion of that 11.2 was rated as junk grade with the absolute highest risk of default. Now, I think it's important that we link this to the stock market and employment scarring and the economy and a few other things so that you can actually see where this is going. I keep seeing a lot of analysts talking about the fundamentals of, of the stock market. And as I've taught you a lot of times and I, and, and I teach in my course, I know most of you have taken my stock market and finance course. Now, if you haven't, it's below in the description. But I teach one key principle in that course and it's all around how the analysts are still working off models that no longer exist. So one of the things they do is they look at huge amounts of data and charts and previous recessions and what triggered this and what triggered that. And this is a mistake. And, and again, they teach it at university and they teach it at all the colleges and things like that. And it's a mistake because you never quite know what's going to happen next. Yes, you have patterns and that's what I talk about all the time. I talk about the patterns that I find. I look at history. I read a lot of history. In fact, I've got a library full of history books. A lot of it is economic history. But I'm not naive enough to think that just because I've read all these books that I can predict the future with you know, complete accuracy because I can't and neither can anybody else really. Because who saw what happened in 2020 and 2021 coming where the government created 
or printed, if you like that word, huge amounts of new currency, which everyone knew would lead to record levels of inflation. It, it was simply a tax, basically. It was a tax onto the people. So basically, they stole from people's past earnings that they'd saved in the present so they could bail people out in the present. But actually, it's worse than that because they also stole from people in the future. So people's future earnings potential. And that's what we're seeing now with high levels of inflation, which is the tax. People just don't understand that inflation is the tax. They're saying, well, it's so great the government hasn't you know, increased our taxes. No, they have. The inflation was the tax increase. It was a stealth tax. Now, coming back to what I was saying then about the fundamentals and everything else, everyone keeps looking at fundamentals. But you can't look at fundamentals. In fact, I was reading a sort of, I guess we can say it's a paper for analysts is the best way to describe it. I was reading this just this week and it talked about how you can look at the fundamentals of what the market's doing and then predict and anticipate what it's going to do in the future. And I just don't really, there's some merit to that, but I just don't really agree with it because you look at what happened during 2020, I think it was about March of 20, where the stock market just came down very heavily. And then what did it do? It skyrocketed up. Why was that? Was it because all of a sudden everything had improved and the fundamentals had improved? And no, it was none of that. It was through massive rounds of quantitative easing, i.e. currency creation. So here's a message I've got is that don't just look at fundamentals because I know many of you are investors, many of you have your pensions in the stock market, many of you do this full time. Don't listen to a lot of these analysts that have been wrong for three years. You've really got to just look at one key thing and then look at fundamentals around it. And that is creditism. So this might be a concept you've never heard before. But one thing I like to look at is the amount of credit that's created and how that goes into the stock market and other assets, and it pushes them upwards. Then what you wanna look at combined with that is interest rates. So right now, yes, we still have interest rates that are fairly high, but they're not fairly high in terms of historical periods. They're just high in terms of this period right now. And another concern I have around that is that a lot of people are waiting for a massive crash, and I still think that's possible, but it's also just as possible that the market turns around a little bit because the government might start and the central bank might start creating huge amounts of new currency. And this is going to be the wild card that you've really got to look out for. And if you're not understanding a lot of what I'm sort of referencing here, this stuff is very simple. It's just that analysts and brokers and everyone else make it they use a lot of jargon and complex language so that you don't understand and you give them 3% to manage your portfolio and things like that. One thing I would say to all of you is I do have a course below in the description. You're more than welcome to take that course completely up to you. And I don't sit here every video pitching it like, you know, today. But the reason I mention it today is because I've been saying this week, this is the last week that you can buy it at this very, very low sale price. So if you want to take that course, this is your last week to get it at such a, a low price. But let's continue on then, because the other implication with all of these bankruptcies, and it is absolutely staggering the amount of bankruptcies that are occurring right now, is that they do have a bigger knock-on effect to the economy. You think when a large scale company goes bankrupt 
and they have already had their supplies coming in because what happens is uh, another company will send them the materials or the supplies and then this company might have say 30 days or 60 days or whatever the terms are in that industry to pay the invoice. Now what happens if you get all the supplies and then 30 days later or more 45, 50 days later, you then declare bankruptcy. Well that supplier now is at the end of the pile to try and recoup their money. So this has another knock-on effect because now this company over here has lost a lot of money that they were relying on to buy their, more of their materials or, or mine those materials or pay their staff or pay for whatever else they have to pay for. Maybe they took out some debts that they have to actually pay those loans back. You see, all of this has a knock-on effect. And then you think about where employment scarring comes in so as that company goes, so do the jobs go with it. Well, those people have mortgages, they probably got families. How are they gonna pay their bills? And you see how this knock-on effect actually occurs through the economy. That's why the governments created all this new currency via the, the commercial banks as well to issue out loans to the businesses. They were really just kicking the can down the road, but all it did was take income that the business would have earned anyway from being open and then rather than them earning it, they were given it with an interest rate on top. So they've actually created even more credit into the economy that the business has to pay back later on. You can see how intricate all of this is. I was reading some interesting media articles as well. I took a couple of notes here. A lot of them were saying that the rise in bankruptcies was due to an aging population. So the businesses had lost all the, the skills and the knowledge and things like that. That doesn't really make sense because most businesses will have SOPs, standard operating procedures, and the knowledge will be stored somewhere so someone else can learn it. So I don't buy into that. The second one was about technology. They were saying a lot of businesses are not adapting to technology and new companies are coming in and wiping them out. Again, I don't think that is the case. I definitely think technology is having a disruptive effect, but a lot of that is helping the business because they're replacing a lot of white collar jobs with AI and you know all this other stuff like AI research assistants and all sorts of things now, which is taking a lot of jobs. So that is only bad for employees, people who have jobs, which is pretty much everyone, right? It's only bad for those people, but for the business, this is a positive thing because they get rid of a massive overhead. Staff is usually the largest overhead in any business. And then the last thing was they're saying that it's due to the global economy and that all these other companies around the world are taking the, the business. Again, I don't think that is the case. I think they're trying to glaze over the true reason for all these bankruptcies in the USA. And it was, a lot of it was due to the lockdown period. What have they said about the outlook then? They said the outlook for US businesses is strong. And uh, we won't even get into this because it's complete propaganda. There's just no way the outlook is strong for US businesses. If anything, right through to 2024, 2025, it is looking very negative. Unless they're gonna start creating lots of new currency, I don't see how they're gonna maintain you know, this GDP level that they think they're gonna get. And we even saw, and I just touched upon it, I think in the, in the walk and talk last week, was that the biggest economy in Europe 
is now into a recession. That's Germany. No surprise there because we all knew that was going to happen. I forecast that a long time ago because of the energy inputs and a lot of other things. So if Germany, the biggest economy in Europe, has now entered recession, it's really only a matter of time for the other developed economies. And although the government says there's nothing they can do or they make up all these excuses as to why they can't help the businesses, they actually can. They could reduce regulations. There's just way too much regulatory problems at the moment. I mean, if you own a business, you know what I'm talking about here. It is so difficult. But if you think that everything's looking rosy, as they keep saying it is, well, we've just had this article come out and, it, and it's, this is the Dallas Fed Manufacturing Survey. It's actually contracted for the 13th month on record. So it's dropped down from negative 23.4 to now negative 29.1. And remember, the economist, the forecaster said it was only going to be negative 18 this month. So it was going to improve. So yet again, they, I mean, it's turned into a bit of a joke now when you start looking at all the forecasters and, and what they're saying is going to happen. What's the reason for all of these new problems they're saying? It's employees. People are asking for too much money. That's what they're saying as usual. When, again, we've covered this as well, it's not that employees are asking for too much money and they're trying to um, hold their companies to ransom and all these other nonsense we keep hearing. The fact of the matter is that inflation is making people poorer. And those people who are working jobs and they're working hard, a lot of you as well, I know, you are hard workers, you go to work, you do a great job and you expect to get paid for the time you put in and for the profit or the value that you bring to your company. That is how it works. But yet, as the economy is in this arena of high inflation, therefore making you poorer and making things more expensive so you've got less of a household budget and less discretionary spending, I guess we can say. It is making it even more difficult for everyone. So all that's happening is people are going out there and saying, we need a pay rise to match inflation. Because do you think that the companies are not putting prices up? Yes, of course they are. So when the Fed chair or the Bank of England chair or whoever else, ECB, says that all this inflation, all these problems with the economy are due to greedy employees, you can now just laugh it off because you know that it's just not the case. They created these problems way back at the start and they've made it even worse by creating too much currency, which has now trickled, <laughs> they call it the trickle down effect. No, it's the trickle up effect into the richest hands. The, the richest people have now gotten even richer because that's how money flows. It flows into the big companies, into the share prices, into the, the hands of the wealthy. But I won't go too far down the rabbit hole on all of that. If you want to learn a lot more than what I've talked about in this very simple video today, uh, you can find my course below in the description and as a pinned comment. It is uh, ridiculously low priced at the moment and the sale price. And I will be launching my next course uh, sometime in late August, early September on uh, money psychology, which is a course that has been very heavily requested when I was asking people, what course do you want next? That was one of the courses that a lot of people have constantly said that they want me to create. And considering what we're going into in the near future, I think that that course will 
no doubt help a lot of people. So thank you so much for watching today as always. Take care, God bless, and I'll see you tomorrow.